0: Hello, I'm Clive Nash. Welcome to Let God Speak. Today we continue our series on God's covenants or agreements with humanity. So far we have looked at the history of God's dealings with us. He made this world and it was sinless. Then disobedience, sin and death came in. But God began to disclose His plan for redemption and restoration. He did this to Adam and Eve, to Noah and to Moses. Today we will move forward in time to Abram and see more of God's love revealed. I invite you to open your Bibles with us. On our panel today, we have Casey Butler and John Cosmeyer. Welcome, Casey and John. Good to have you with us today to discuss our topic. Before we begin, let us share a word of prayer. Loving Father in heaven, we acknowledge that we are dependent upon you for spiritual gifts and also for insight into spiritual things. And so we pray the Holy Spirit will guide our minds today in our discussion. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Well, to begin, uh, I'd like to read Genesis chapter 17 and verse 7. Those of you who are following the, uh, the lesson in the printed pamphlet will see that it's the memory text. Genesis seventeen seven says, And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and your descendants after you. Um, uses the word everlasting covenant here, John. Is this the
1: first time that that term is used in the Scripture? No, it's not the first time. The first time was when the flood had destroyed the world. God made a covenant with Abraham, uh, with uh, Noah and his descendants, that the the world would never be destroyed by a flood of water again. Okay, so he called that an everlasting covenant. And this was an earlier covenant, which is lasting for all time. Mm. So it's the same kind of relationship covenant, uh, but with a different aspect to it. Mm.
0: Now, now Casey, one of the things we'll be talking about today is names. Mm. And uh, the names seem to be important in in Bible times, uh, both for people and for God. For example, Daniel means God is my judge. Joel, Yahweh is God. Mm. Nathan, gift of God. Uh, um, why did God change Abram's name?
2: Mm. Yeah, well, it's very interesting, the meaning behind names. And with Abraham, God had a special plan for Abraham's life. And it's, it's almost like he included a snapshot of that plan in the new name that he gave to Abraham. Mm. So in Genesis 17 and verse five, it says, no longer shall your name be called Abram, but you shall be called Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. And so Abram basically means father is exalted, but Abraham means father of a multitude. Mm-hmm. And so captured in this name, is God's uh, little reminder to Abraham of the destiny that he has in mind for Abraham, that he will be a father of many nations. And Abraham never realizes or sees this while he's alive. He never sees that multitude. Mm. It's only in the future when he's in heaven that he'll actually see that multitude which God has promised. And so there's promise, there's purpose, there's plan all in this name that God gives to Abraham.
0: Yes, yes. And in fact, he probably didn't even see the significance of this name change at the time because he had mm. no, dis, no natural descendants. Yes, that's when, right. When the promise was given. Yeah. Um, what, what about the significance of the names of God, John?
1: When you go in the same chapter back to verse one, it says, When Abraham was ninety nine years old, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, you notice the word Lord we've just mm-hmm. read. Yeah. And then he said that was one of the names of God. Mm-hmm. But then he says, I'm almighty God. And in the Hebrew, it was actually El Shaddai. Mm-hmm. Now, El, the word in the Hebrew indicates that it's the name of God. Mm-hmm. Shaddai is a descriptive mm-hmm. term. And in my Bible here, it says almighty God. But it could also mean that he was powerful, Hmm. that he was the one who put things together. And he is the one that, um, well, he had created the world and now he's making a covenant, an agreement with Abraham as the almighty one that he could Hmm. be relied upon Hmm. for that covenant.
0: Hmm. There's an interesting text in, uh, in Numbers chapter 24 and verse 4 it says, the utterance of him who hears the words of God, who sees the vision of the Almighty. Uh, so the word Almighty is used again here. Mm. And it's interesting that Jerome, when he translated the into the Latin, he translated this word as omnipotens, hmm. uh, from which we get omnipotent, of course, yeah. and uh, which comes over into the English as Almighty. Um, Casey, could this, this word, Shaddai, have... Are there implications too?
2: Mm. Yeah, I find it interesting what it says in the SDA Bible commentary. Uh, there's a, a statement there which gives some extra insight. It says, some Hebrew scholars think the name goes back to a root meaning, which is to be bountiful. If so, the use of this word as a title for God indicates the fullness and richness of his grace. And I think that's a beautiful mm. little like slant of perspective that probably is brought in here with mm. this, this um, idea. Mm. Yeah.
0: And John, uh, did God use any other name when he spoke to Abraham? Uh,
1: Even the English Bibles show there are different names. And in Genesis chapter 15 and verse 7, it says, Then he said to him, I am the Lord, capital L. That indicates that he is now using the word Jehovah. Mm -hmm. And Jehovah is a word. Let me read it to you. But it seems to be a form of the word Yaha, to be possibly the self-existing one or the eternal one. And here is another aspect of God. He's not only very powerful and can be relied upon in making an agreement with you, but he's also the one who is, been there forever and will be there forever. Mm-hmm. So he's not going to have a covenant which he cannot keep because he no longer exists. Hmm. Hmm. And so the name of God is, is is very important when it comes to making an agreement.
0: Hmm. Yeah. And obviously uh, it's important because of the number of times that word is used in the Old Testament too.
1: Yes. And uh, and then, of course, we have the indication of it in the New Testament as well, where God is still there mm. and he is there as the eternal one.
0: Six thousand eight hundred and twenty eight times in the Old Testament.
3: Amazing. That's
0: a lot of references to Lord in capital letters, isn't it? Mm. Standard to have a
1: computer to count. them.
0: <laughs> well, Casey, um, I'd like us to have a look at another text and this time go over to the next book to Exodus, uh, chapter three and verse 13. Mm. And in this verse, it says that Moses said to God, indeed, I come to the children of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they say to me, what is his name? name. Mm-hmm. Um, so long after the time of Abraham, Abraham, Moses has given insight
2: mm-hmm.
0: into the, the name of God. And what What did he reveal to to Moses? Yeah,
2: fascinating things here. So if we keep reading in verse 14 and 15 of that same chapter, it says, And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Moreover, God said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, the Lord. And notice the Lord is in capitals there. The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. And this is my memorial to all generations. So where it says here, God is saying, I am who I am. Mm. Um, he's a, making a statement of his his self-existence, that he mm. is always in the present. He's in the past. He's in the future. He's always there. Yes. Internally. Mm.
0: Yeah, it's. It's difficult for us as human beings to comprehend, isn't it? It is. God has there's never been a time when He has not existed, Mm. and there never will be a time when He won't exist. Mm. It's just beyond our because we're so bound, you know, by our 70 years or 80 years or whatever length of time we live. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, John, is this Yahweh Lord? Is is that His personal name? God's personal name?
1: It is God's personal name. And he uses changes of names to indicate what is happening. Hmm. And here in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, we read now the Lord had said to Abraham, Come out of your country.
3: Hmm.
1: And this is 24 years before Genesis chapter 17. Mm. So Abraham Abram was called Abram there, and then he changed the name to Abraham. Mm. As Abraham changed, so his name was changed by God as well. And so the different meanings of names has significance in the scriptures. Mm. Yeah, um
0: Casey, what a Can you think of any other name changes uh, in the Bible?
2: There's quite a few, actually. One of them that comes to mind is actually from Genesis 32 and verse uh, 28. And it says there. this is talking about Jacob, Mm -hmm. Jacob's name change. It says, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. And... uh, Yeah, Jacob basically means heel catcher. And that comes back to when he was born. Uh, He was a twin. And as he was being born, he grabbed onto his twin's heel. So heel catcher. (laughs) But um, it also has another meaning of deceiver. Um, And when Jacob, in the course of his life, went through a whole lot of experiences that brought about a character change, God acknowledged that character change in him by giving him Mm -hmm. a new name to represent that. And his new name, Israel, means that um, either God fights or God rules, or as it says here, that uh, Israel had struggled with God and with men and had prevailed. So it's, it's symbolizing the victory he had gained in his life, which is a powerful memory for him mm. to have a name change that constantly reminds him of that experience.
1: Mm. Mm.
0: Any other uh, name changes you can think of, John? Then?
1: Yes. Yes. <laughs> I think of Joseph. Hmm. Now, Joseph in Genesis chapter 41 and verse 45, Pharaoh called Joseph's name zaphna Panea.
3: Hmm.
1: I'm glad my name is just plain straight John. <laughs> <laughs> but this is a double name. And it's also interesting to find out what it means Means. Mm -hmm. in our language. It means he who is called. And then the second part is he is alive. Hmm. And it wasn't until 14 years later that Pharaoh actually had given Joseph a prophetic name, Hmm. that Joseph had been called into Egypt Hmm from where he was living in Canaan to save the Egyptians as well as his own father. Mm. Mm. And so when you start looking in the Bible and see how God uses names, it becomes a very interesting and very significant study. Mm. So it's not only God's name, but also the the names of Abraham Mm. and now Joseph. Mm. Yeah.
2: yeah. And I mean, secular people also did name changes. For example, when the Jewish captives went to Babylon, yes, um, they had all their Hebrew names. But as part of the, the whole re-education into Babylonian culture, uh, the king gave each of these Hebrew people Babylonian, Babylonian names to try and yeah, ingrain them more into that culture.
0: Yes. So. Yeah. <laughs> that actually reflected names of their gods. It did. Babylonian it gods, it
2: did. Know. So but there was a worship element. The god, god
0: Bel, for example. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, th- so that was part of a like a, a re-education process. It definitely was.
3: Yeah.
0: Mm. Um, I'd like to go back to uh, to the Abram story again, and Genesis um, seventeen. And uh, I'll just read again verse six. Uh, read verse six, and then we'll read verse seven again. Seventeen, verse six. I will make you, God speaking to Abram. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings shall come from you. And I'll establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and your descendants after you forever. So, uh, John, in making this this name change, uh, what was God's intention?
1: (laughs) Here's a 99 year old man being told that he was going to become the father of a great nation (laughs) and he's got a, a wife that is as old as, Past and she didn't bearing. believe it neither. Yeah. And God said, okay, I'll change your name from Abram to Abraham. Mm-hmm. Mm. And it'll be a constant reminder that the promise that I have made to you is going to be kept. Mm. Fruitful. <laughs> what a blessing. <laughs> mm. So you're going to be fruitful as the sands of the sea. Uh, mm. That is a lot of fruit.
3: It
0: is.
1: <laughs> yeah. um, Let's uh, just go back to
0: um, Genesis chapter twelve now, and uh, I'm going to read verses one and two. Um, there's a sequence you see in God's covenant dealings mm. with with Abraham, uh, Casey. Mm. Uh, Genesis twelve one and two. Now the Lord had said to Abram, "Get out of your country, etc. I will make you a great nation." Um, so, so, what steps do you see here in this calling and these promises?
2: Yeah, well, there, there seems to be a pattern where first God God takes the initiative. So he approaches um, Abraham. That's the first step. And then you notice what he says. Um, He gives a a command. So he says, uh, you know, to go out from your country um, and out from your family and to a land I'll show you. And then the third part here is that he gives a promise. He says, I will make you a great nation. So as Abraham enters into this sort of well, this is a covenant. So as Abraham cooperates with this and goes through these steps, God says he will fulfill this promise to Abraham.
0: Mm. And and John, what was the second stage of God's covenant dealings with Abraham?
1: Well, reading Genesis chapter 15, verse 7, then he said to him, I am Jehovah, the Lord, capital L, Mm -hmm. who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to inherit it. Then he said, Lord God, here we have Al Shaddai. Al hmm. Shaddai. How shall I know that I will inherit it? And then, of course, he gives the command to go and get an um, animal and and cut it in two and then walk between it. And and here God gets this covenant and he makes the the promise that it will be done and then he tells him to obey the things that are needed to put this covenant into action so that's uh, that's step number two
0: mm. Mm. yeah and, and verse 18 there says on the same day the lord made a covenant mm. with, with abram uh, so when did the the third stage of covenant dealings with Abraham happened, Casey?
2: Mm. So we come back to Genesis 17 because we find the next part there. And that's when Abraham was 99. And it says that um, it's the same kind of approach here. He, he first, um, in, God initiates it. So he's the first to approach Abraham. And then he says the command again so walk before me and be thou perfect, be thou blameless uh, in some translations. And um, then it says the promise: "I will make my covenant between you and me, and you, and will multiply you exceedingly." And that's it's that same pattern again. God initiates, um, gives a command, and then promises, and then it's up to Abraham to to cooperate with all of Mm. that. Mm.
0: Now, John, the the Bible reminds us that that God is not willing that anyone should perish, and I'm thinking, you know that text in 2 Peter 3, 9, that we should all come to repentance. And that was God's intention through Abraham. Is he an example for us today?
1: According to the Apostle Paul in the book of Galatians, chapter 3, the Apostle Paul picks this up. He said, just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Mm-hmm. Therefore, know also that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. And just like Abraham believes said the apostle Paul, well, if we believe like that too, then that promise comes to us as well.
0: Mm. Yeah. I like what it says down in verse 29 uh, there of, of uh, Galatians 3, 2 um, Galatians chapter three, verse 29. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. So we're spiritually,
1: we, we are descendants aren't yes. we're, mm. of Abraham. So if all the Christian Gentiles have also become part of Abraham's seed, Abraham's going to get a surprise
2: (laughs) when he learns that it's not
1: only his direct descendants, (laughs) but the rest of us as well who are part of his uh, family. That's Wonderful thought, isn't it?
0: It Mm. is. (laughs) Now, Casey, Abraham was a great example for us Mm. living as we do in the Christian era. Mm. Um, How inspiring do you find Abraham's story?
2: Mm. I find it very inspiring. There are so many lessons we can learn from it for our practical Christianity life today. And it's interesting when you read... um, What Hebrews says about it, Hebrews 11, verse 8 to 12, um, says, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. So this is like in our own lives as we follow God's leading. Sometimes we can't see the end Mm. where God's taking us, but he has a plan. And if we trust him and obey, he'll make it work out. Then it says, "...by faith he dwelt in the land of promise, as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God." And so his hope was for the future. Uh, of what God would bring to him. And then, of course, there's uh, Sarah as well. She had faith in this whole process. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to to conceive seed. And she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who has promised. And so the lessons there for our lives is that you know God can be leading us. He can um, promise to do things for us. We may not see the answers to all of that here on this earth, mm. but let us have our eyes fixed on heaven because there we will realize in all of the fullness um, the promises that God has for us.
0: Yeah, it, It's interesting that you know, the story as told about, particularly about Sarah mm. in the Old Testament kind of gives you a bit of a doubting uh, character of her for her, doesn't it? It does. You know, but she laughed and, you know, as though she doubted. But but Hebrews tells us she did her faith. And I, I like that, that yeah. aspect of the story, as you brought out there in verse 11, she judged him faithful who had promised. Mm. Uh, so it gives us a bit of a different outdog, doesn't it?
2: It does. And it's hope for us, too, because we all struggle with doubt at times. We, we and do. this is saying that even though we might struggle with that, let's cling on in faith just the same and God will regard that in our mm. lives. Mm.
0: Um, well, let's go back to the to the story in Genesis again. And this time I'm going to read uh, Genesis 18 and verse 19. And here The scripture says, For I have known him, this is Abraham, God speaking, in order that he may command his children and his household after him, that they keep the way of the Lord to, and it's interesting to see what it says here, to do righteousness and justice, that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. Uh, What aspects of, of covenant obligations come through in this
1: text, John? Pastor Clive... Our hope is that even as God said of Abraham, I know him, that he will follow. The same applies to us today. And this is where God's grace abounds because he knows us, every one of us. Mm. God knows. And what a blessing mm. that God doesn't forget his promise. He knows who we are.
0: Yeah, uh, and one of the things that characterized Abraham was his willing, he was willing to obey, mm-hmm. wasn't he? Mm-hmm. And um, and was it uh, vital for, for Abraham to obey, uh, Casey? Yeah.
2: It wasn't vital for in order to have God love him because God loved Abraham and he was gracious towards him. That was freely given. But for God to be able to fulfill the promises that he gave Abraham... Abraham needed to obey, to cooperate with God for that. That, that was was required. And Abraham did it.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Now, John, those those texts there in Genesis eighteen nineteen that we just read uh, says, I, kn- I know him, he'll keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice. Do we see grace and 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 law pictured
1: here in this text? Faith and works have to go together. Hmm. And this is where he knew Abraham that he would get his children to follow after him. Mm -hmm. And that is an act of grace coupled Mm -hmm. with doing what God needs us to do in order for him to be able to keep his part of the covenant. Uh,
0: Which leads me to the inevitable question, Casey. Do our works have merit (laughs) with Mm -hmm. God? Yeah, that's
2: a good question. Um, they, 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 they are the outflow of a loving relationship with God. If we try and gain favor by our works, it doesn't work. Um, but if we, out of our love for God, for what He's done for us, um, work and obey Him, then that's that. That is what God is is pleasing for God. Um, and in James chapter two and verse seventeen, it says that faith. By itself, if it doesn't have works, it's dead. So, works are actually evidence of a true experience inside, of faith and love towards God.
0: Hmm. Yeah, and uh, I mean, we see this in human relationships, don't we? You know, hmm. if if I love someone if they love me. You know, there's hmm. there's there's fruitage to yes. show for that. You know, there's there's uh it works, as it were, yeah. but they're not calculated to, to gain that affection. No, that's yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the rainbow, uh, John. The rainbow was God's uh, sign to Noah, His promise. What what sign did He give to Abraham?
1: Very strange one, but it has served the world well. In Genesis chapter seventeen, verse eleven, He said to Abraham, "You shall be circumcised in the flesh." Of your foreskins, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. And this is where circumcision became a a sign that God was making a covenant, and that Abraham was expected to follow that sign. Mm. Mm. And when you turn to Romans chapter two and verse twenty-eight and twenty-nine, for he is not a Jew who is one outwardly, nor is circumcision that which is outward in the flesh, but he is a Jew who is one inwardly and circumcision is that of the heart. Mm, That's a good point to end on, John. In the spirit, Mm. 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 not in the The heart. Yes.
3: Mm.
0: You know, God called Noah into a special covenant relationship. God expanded the everlasting covenant when he dealt with Abraham. In fact, in his covenant with Abraham, God would set the stage for salvation for all humankind. That includes you, friend. The gift of God is eternal life. Won't you accept Jesus as your personal Saviour today and accept that gift? We're glad you joined us today on Let God Speak. Remember, all past programs plus teacher's notes are available on our website, 3abnaustralia.org.au. You can email us if you wish on lgs at 3abnaustralia.org.au. We hope you'll join us again next time. And until then, may God richly bless you all.